the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FEMA SIPC. Satera is under its separate ownership for Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor at Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is a marketing assistant of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group, and he is associated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. It's time now for Making Money Sense with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here right now to answer your questions. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Making Money Sense is on the air. How about that? It is time for another edition of Making Money Sense with Larry Rosenthal, who is here in studio with us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Chris, and how are you? I think I am doing peachy. I'm peachy today. Well, that's a good thing. So a couple quick questions for you here. Most important thing, you know, have you finished your shopping yet? Oh, that's an easy question. I thought you were going to tease my brain and make me think this morning. Uh, (laughs) No, I, uh, I, uh, yes, mostly, 90%. Good. How about you? That's a good thing. Yep, yep. Still working on a couple odds and ends, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, knocking it all out, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Like to listen, like to welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA in the D.C. Baltimore area and Sirius XM nationwide. Family Talk, Channel 131, and our viewers live on YouTube at LarryRosenthal.tv. If you haven't subscribed to that, check it out. Be more than happy to, to see you uh, subscribe there, and uh, you can watch us how we stream the show live. Put your questions so. in there, too, so we can answer them on the air. Yep, we've got a little chat box where people can ask questions uh, right on YouTube, and Chris will interrupt me and just, uh, you know, uh, ask the question for me. So mm-hmm. not, not a problem. Happy to do that because it is Open Mic Saturday, and that's what we do here. We want your questions. We want to know what you're thinking there. What is the pulse of what's going on in your in your in, in the economy, in the markets, you know, I had some interesting conversations this week with some friends of mine that I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about here. I'll keep their names quiet, but but uh, some some market things and stuff. But uh, you know, it is open mic Saturday, and that's what we want to do. We want to continue to provide you with with proper financial education. So give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five Rose one two three. Well. Santa Claus and Santa Powell. Wow. Think about this. The Fed chair actually came out this past week and said, well, we're kind of thinking about pivoting a little bit. 
lowering rates. Merry Christmas. And this is exactly what happened. The markets just took off in, in anticipation of this. And everybody's all over the place. You know, where, where, what are we looking at? You know, where are we at? You know, and he said it kind of cryptic the way he does, which is good. You don't want to, you want to keep, the Fed wants to keep their cards close to their chest at all times. Uh, hopefully he doesn't recant. There's been some pushback from other Fed officials on this already. But they did state, basically, that, you know, um, there is some concern about keeping rates high for too long, okay, high for too long. That Im- immediately turned to, oh, they're looking to pivot. Well, not so, not so quickly. You know, we're, in my opinion, I still think that we're going to go through <clears throat> the next three to five months or so of higher rates, restrictive policy, and see how inflation continues to bleed down. We did some math this past week in our office, <laughs> as we always do, but we were looking at inflation month over month uh, tr- uh, uh, periods. Once March drops off, and then and then next October, inflation would be you know in in, in right at two per, pretty much. So we're almost there. We're just going to have a little bit of fluctuation in in the inflation numbers over the next several months, uh, but it is tracking downward toward the Fed's targeted rate of two percent. So Jerome uh, Powell, you know now now everybody's coming out talking about hey we could actually have a soft landing. This was something that I was that I I've been saying for for a year and a half now since we started this is we could end up in a soft landing now because the economy is so strong at this particular point okay and it still has remained very resilient unemployed i mean employment numbers very strong wages strong the whole nine yards what do you mean by a soft landing is that just uh, when it normalizes or yeah so if you think about this chris the the economy takes off like a rocket right it just shoots way up and we have lots of inflation, so they have to slow the economy down. So when the economy starts to slow down, does ah, it crash? Okay. Boom. Or does it land very softly? Okay. Um, or does it have no landing at all? Does the inflation numbers just come down, and then it just starts to take off again? And here it looks like we're going to have a soft landing. You've heard me say many times, if we do drop into a recession, it's going to be very short and shallow-lived. Yeah. Okay, it's that been a be... turbulent flight. That's I, that's one thing I can tell you. About. Yeah, there you go. So so you know so fantastic news out of the Fed comments this past week. Now there's been some pushback on it and, and everything, but now people are starting to talk about you know rate cuts next year, beginning as early as the first quarter, end of the first quarter next year. I don't really see that. Maybe think springtime. Who knows? It, it doesn't really matter. But the economy is moving forward. And, th- and that reminds me, too, you know, that was one of the discussions that I had with one of my friends this past week was she actually said to me, she goes, you know, most people I talk to, Larry, think the economy is horrible, isn't it? <laughs> and I said, no, the economy is very strong, actually. You know, and she was like, well, you listen to the news and you listen to all this mm-hmm. stuff and it's just not that strong. It's not that good. And I said, I know. You know, but that's because the the headline news is reporting today's stuff. But when you look at Bureau of Labor Statistics, all the numbers that come out that are leading economic indicating numbers, right? That's what the market's looking at. The market's looking down the road because the market's a forward-looking indicator. 
and and you have to look at the numbers and interpret what do these numbers mean that are coming out now how is that going to play out in two five months and things of that nature where was it that you find all those forward-looking indicators so people can kind of you know so yeah if you go to the conference board you know just google up the conference board they've got the the leading economic indicators right there they've got leading economic indicators coincident economic indicators and lagging economic indicators so a leading economic indicator chris is there's 10 of them and and when you read those that data those are things that that are sort of telegraphing forecasting where the economy is going coincident economic indicators are things that are that are happening right now and lagging economic indicators are things that have happened in the past so you can sort of compare and contrast from that standpoint so when you're looking at when you're asking the question where do you think the economy is going to be what do the leading economic indicators look like? You know, and, and we've had this, you know, for, for 18 months now. We've had the Fed raising rates. They raised it uh, 11 times over 14 months, and now we're sitting on the pause button. But during this period of time, you saw the leading economic indicators kind of going down a little bit, right? And you've seen them oh, five of the last six months turn upwards, mm -hmm. okay, turn upwards. So we've had kind of what I would call rolling recessions where we've had, you know, manufacturing section down for a while while technology was up and then technology was down for a while while financials shot up, back and forth, so forth and so on. We've had these different sectors, the 11 different sectors in the S&P, some of them doing well, some of them doing poorly, and then they switch back and forth. And that's what we've seen over this wow. period of time. And that gives me the impression that the underpinnings of the economy is still very stable, strong, and, 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 and sound. And so that, that's, you know, it's going to be a very interesting look back, you know, a couple of years from now on this period of time. Uh, you know, so so still not ready to wave the all all clear flag by any means at all. Okay, stay diversified and balanced, and really understand what you own in your portfolio. At this particular point, when you're looking at stocks, if if you're you know if that stock misses its earnings, it's probably going to get pounded a little bit. Okay, so make sure that you you have rock solid balance sheets and what you own inside your mutual funds, your ETFs, your individual stocks too. But but things are looking a lot better at this particular point. The question is now, what does 24 look like, 2024? You know? and, and we've seen all the predictions coming out, and about half the people are, t are pretty optimistic, and the other half still aren't. So we're still in that same boat of which way is this thing going to go? That's why I'm not ready to wave the all-clear flag. So is there any you know, all the Wall Street houses came out this past week, and they were talking about 2024, where yeah. they think the market's going to end up. And we had literally half of them positive and half of them, eh, not so much, you know. So, oh, so stay, you know, stay in touch with, with the, the, you know, every day. You got to be watching it and studying it, studying the numbers and things like that. So, hey, let's open up the phone lines here on this Saturday, a couple weeks before Christmas. Mm -hmm. Okay, give us a call. Ask us what you want for Christmas this week uh, or, or, or any of your qu questions at all. Whatever's on your mind there. Bob's got I'm the Christmas bag. He's giving out Christmas. I see. I'm looking at the YouTube with the snow globe. It's nice. So give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back.
You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. sound financial advice you can depend on you found the larry rosenthal show call now with your questions 855-767-3123 or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. this is the larry rosenthal show welcome back to the larry rosenthal show 855-767-3123 855-ROSE-123 is the number to call to talk to larry rosenthal who is live here in studio with us today one of the things that, that uh, we, I always talk about at the end of the year, and I talk to a lot of my clients about this all the time, and it works, Chris, and it works like clockwork, and it helps create wealth for themselves. And it's a very, very easy thing to do. It doesn't stretch your budget at all. And now is the time of year to do this. Okay, one of the, one of the nine reasons that people fail financially is procrastination. Is Yeah, I'll get to that. Okay, and they never do. I'll get to that. Oh, that's a great idea, and they never do. But one of the things that I always encourage people to do at the beginning of every year, since we're winding down here in 2023, is to take a look at how much you're saving and add 1% to it. If you're putting 7% in your retirement plan, put in 8. If you're putting in 10, put in 11, okay? There's a very strong chance that you won't miss it. And, and, and just increase it by 1%. If you're sending money into a non-retirement plan, maybe you're putting $200 a month in, put in $225 a month, okay? Put in $230 a month. It's a dollar a day. And when you stop and you think about this, if you take a look at, at where you would be saving five years from now, you're saving a tremendous amount more as you're approaching toward retirement, right? And when you do it in little tiny increments like that, it doesn't, it doesn't, in most cases, it does not hurt your budget. You don't miss it. And if you do, 
then just stop and go back to what you were doing. But at least this way you can try to increase your savings because the, the key here is not necessarily how much money you have in your account. It's the number of shares you have, okay? You want to continue to to move more and more toward that, that, that mindset of acquisition of shares. How many shares can I buy? How many shares of XYZ can I end up with at the end of the year? So give it some thought and, and do this. And procrastination is one of the top nine reasons that people fail financially is they say, yeah, I'll start doing that, and I never get around to it. So if you're, if you're saving a couple hundred bucks a month or whatever it is, move it to 230. It's a dollar a day, right? If you're saving 1,000, move it to 1,030 a day, right? 1,030. It's, again, a dollar a day. If you're putting 9% in your 401K, put in 10. Try it, okay? Just, just, just try and do that. I try and talk to everybody at the beginning of the year to go ahead and do that. And, again, the idea is... Four or five years from now, you're saving just that much more than you were saving today. And a lot of times it doesn't affect your budget. So so give that a shot. That's, that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about here. Another thing, too, is understanding what money can do for you. You know, understanding what money can do for you. How does it, how does it actually work? What is... What what can it do? How does how does compound interest work versus simple interest? Right? How does tax deferral compound interest work versus taxable interest each year? What are the what are the pros and cons of both? How does all this play out? You know, understanding how it works, understanding the importance of reinvesting dividends. You know, you take a look at the S&P 500 over time and you don't reinvest the dividends, you're down about, you know, you, you're only, you're knocking off almost a third of the overall market returns just because when you're reinvesting dividends. You know, the, when you reinvest dividends into an investment, whether it's a mutual fund, an ETF, a stock, whatever it may be, that dividend is actually going in and buying more shares along the road, along the way. And again, it all comes back to the acquisition of shares, the number of shares that you own, okay? Uh, and, and, and this is the same scenario when you start taking, to look, start taking a look at, at withdrawing money. You know, I was, I was working with somebody earlier this week, and they had some, some nice, nice growth positions, they, 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 and, and I asked them, I said, listen, you know, you're, you're getting ready to need income and your, your dividend rate here was, was less than 1%. And I see this all the time because people get, get caught up in, as they're approaching the road to retirement, they're going down the road and they're saying, look, I want to retire in, in, in X number of months or X number of years, whatever it may be. And one of the first things that we look at then is, okay, your, your portfolio thus far has been growth-oriented, grow, 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 right? And you're in growth stocks and funds and ETFs and things of that nature. But then all of a sudden, you need to start turning that over into growth and income. And what I mean by that is let's suppose you're going to retire, I don't know, pick an age, 64, right? You're going to retire at 64, and, and, but now you've got 74, 84, and 94. So you need still some growth component in your portfolio. But at the same time, now you need to produce income from your portfolio. So how do you do that? So you end up having part of a, 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 a long-range view on part of your holdings, 
and an income distribution view on today because you need to pull out income today. And you sort of slide that scale back and forth as to do I need more income now? Do I need a little bit more growth now? How does that play out? And you can sit down and just sort of play with some levers on the, in the portfolio and just design it there and then find the appropriate positions to, to be able to do that. And, you know, and again, this falls under one of the nine reasons people fail financially, procrastination to get to make sure that your investments are aligned with your current objectives and your longer range objectives today and understanding what money can do for you. I've got a list of all nine reasons here, and those are just two of them. Procrastination, getting your house prepared, looking at your scenario, right, and then understanding what money can do. How does it actually work? Because the growth stocks that you had that got you to the retirement finish line are most likely, most likely, not going to give you the income that you need. Now, there's another scenario here. Yes, you can sell off shares during retirement years and get that income, but then you're selling off shares. It should be a combination maybe of selling off a few shares, but also harvesting free cash flow from dividends and yield and interest that the market produces all the time. So it's a combination of all of that. So, so you know, diving down into the weeds a little bit here, taking a good look at understanding what money can do and how money works is really, really important when it comes to aligning it with your current financial objectives. You could dig into a great big uh, conversation on dividends. You could do a whole show on that, right, on how to harvest oh, yeah. the best kind and when to go and what to buy so that you have those dividends in the end and all of that. Hundred percent, Chris. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, you, you, you take a look at a blue chip stock out there that that's got, you know, a, a nice growth component to it. Its dividend rate might be less than two. You take a look at a mature stock, right? Okay, a mature company who's been around a long, long time. Their dividend rate may be less than two, whereas another one may be four or five. Mm -hmm. And what's the difference? One views themselves as more of a growth stock, whereas another one views themselves more of an income production type of a stock. And there's a purpose in, in, in the makeup. There are certain industries, certain sectors that, that have more growth lean to them versus income distribution lean to them. Now, different companies, you know? as I understand it, they pay their dividends at different times of year, right? It's not always the same. Sometimes it's every month, sometimes it's every year. Or how do they do that? Yeah, it's not, not, not the same day every year for each company. They have their own board of, board of director meetings, and they, they determine it based off of that and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, and we've actually started to see some mutual fund companies actually paying out mm -hmm. capital gains in the middle of the year versus at the end of the year, which has been the, the, been the tradition on everything. So, um, you know, understand what you own, understand how the money flows and how it works and comes in. You know, if you're, if you're really looking at – at how to produce income, there there's eight or nine different ways that you can produce income into your portfolio. Uh, but before we do that, I know we got to take a quick break here. Hey, go check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and sign up for our newsletter. It's free. We send out a Monday morning uh, market commentary. Monday morning market commentary. There you go. It's a mouthful. Uh, every Monday morning. There's no charge for it, but it just sort of gives you the summary view of what just happened in the markets this past week. And uh, you can also get on our distribution list if you want for our upcoming webinars. We're going to be doing – we're not doing any webinars uh, here in December. We're taking a month off, but we'll be cranking that back up again in, in the first quarter. 
quarter, January, February, March, for educational topics. We're putting a lot of that stuff together, and we do always do a market commentary on all of that as well. So go check out the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Give us a call this morning with any questions at all at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let Paul Rudolph join in any reindeer games. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares you want to keep buying more and more shares over time On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Here and listen to Christmas music for a minute. Is that all right, Larry? It sounds great, Chris. Yeah. It does. Love to hear from you at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. We're uh, live here on YouTube, on LarryRosenthal.tv, and on Sirius XM 131. We love you guys for watching us and spending time with us this entire year. Chris, in Proverbs 23, 4, and 5, it says, Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint, but cast a glance at riches, and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Hmm. So we're talking about what money can do for you, how it can work for you. Understand the important role that money plays in your life and understand who owns it and don't rely on it, but use it. Use it for what you need and also in the Lord's kingdom, too. So we're talking about all of this today here. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. Let's we'll go ahead and welcome Carol on the line from Michigan. Good morning, Carol. How are you today? Oh, pretty good. How about you? I'm well. How can I help you? I am 
retired and my income is the same as when I retired when I was working. I have like only 30,000 and I think it's an IRA and I really want to take it out and put it into a savings because I want to be able to get to it when I need to get to it. There are things I want to do, you know, say I want to give a mon give some money to a charity or help someone out. I want to be able to get to it. Okay, that's not a problem. Your IRA, first of all, should allow you to get to it, okay? Your IRA should be liquid that you can just call up and say, hey, send me five grand, and boom, they do it, all right? Now, when you say you want to take it out of your IRA so that you can get to it, are you talking about cashing the IRA out, paying tax, and sticking it in the bank? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> This okay, so part, yeah, so like part, yeah, so let's talk about that, Carol. Let's work our way through that a little quick, real quick, right here. Let's suppose that of the thirty grand, you say, you know what, I I need five thousand because I want to send it to somebody. Okay, yeah, one that's one thing. Pull the money out, pay the tax, and send it. But to pull out the five thousand, pay the tax, and stick it in your savings account, and then maybe four or five months from now send it out to somebody, I wouldn't do that because what happens if you choose not to send it out to somebody and what happens if the IRA is growing more than what's in the bank? So the IRA should be totally liquid to you, and you can have the same type of bank products in your IRA that you have in the bank. The difference is you can control your tax burden a little bit better by pulling the money out of the IRA all the time. You can link your IRA right up to your your uh, bank account. It's called standing instructions. And just call the IRA people and say, hey, this month I need $1,500. Boom, they send it right to you. Or next month I need $3,200. Boom, they send it right to you. This helps you control your tax liability burden versus just pulling it out and setting it in the bank. And if you wanted to have conservative bank products, so that the principal doesn't go up and down with the stock market, your IRA can provide that as well. Okay, so that's the way that I would that I would take 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 the approach at looking at it. So if and, I take five thousand out, I still get taxed, though, right? Yes, yes, exactly. You you will still get taxed without a doubt. But what I'm trying to prevent you from thinking about doing is pulling the money out, paying tax, and sticking it in your bank account with no formalized plan or date and time that you want to send the money out. You're going to possibly lower your returns and pay an early unnecessary tax. That's all. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. And, okay. And, and also, are you, uh, you know, when you're 70 and a half, you can send out money from your IRA through a QCD program. It's called Qualified Charitable Donation. So if you're, when you get to 70 and a half, you can just take shares of your IRA, again, whether it's at the bank or in your regular IRA, and send it to a nonprofit, and it's a non-taxable event for you. So I don't know how old you are, but, but you're eligible to do that once you turn 70 and a half to the date, okay? Then you can do that yeah, with your I'm IRA. Uh -huh. Pardon me? I'm 68. Okay, have, so um, so and so you know so so here we've got some opportunity here to sort of control some tax liability, excuse me, some tax liability, mm -hmm. some unnecessary tax liability too, because you know in uh -huh. two years you you'll be able two and a half years you'll be able to do a QCD. If you want, I'll send you out some information mm -hmm. on that. 
Um, now, now, when you said you want to send it to people, are you talking about individual people? Are you talking about your church or nonprofits? What are you talking about? Um, nonprofits or church, either one. Yeah, so, so just in a couple of years, you'll be able to do your QCD, and that's a non-taxable uh-huh. event to you. So think about this, okay? Think about the friendly part of the tax code that you're getting ready to enter into at 70 and a half. You know, you've got money that's in your checking account, right, that's already after-tax money. Then you've got money that's inside your IRA that's never been taxed before, so we kind of call that the tax-infested money. You got a tax deduction years ago to put the money in, and now you're going to go ahead and give, when you're 70 and a half, a piece of that each year to your nonprofits or your church. They receive the money tax-free. So the government gave you a tax deduction to, to uh, put the money in. The money grew, all tax-deferred for yourself, and now you get to give it to your charity completely tax-free. That is a win-win-win all the way around. We've just got to understand how to use the tax code in this case. Now, you can't do that program to your 70 and a half, but my point right. is if you were to pull all this money out now, stick it in the bank, then you're going you're gonna to eliminate that tax efficiency from your IRA in just two and a half years. So let's take a look at the roadmap uh-huh. and build out this type of a plan. You follow that? Uh-huh. Uh, kind of. I do have a, um, a planner that I work with. Just a lot of times when I want money out, he just talks me out of it, and I don't like it. <laughs> when well, I it's your, it, you know, it's like, okay. If you need it or you want it, those are – those. Yeah, if you need it and want it, it's your money. Okay, um, I would yeah. just I would just say, you know, let's look at the most tax efficient way to get the money to you to do whatever you want to do with it. That that's that's the way that I would look at it. Okay, oh, um, yeah. so yeah, if you want, Carol, I'll put you on a quick hold, and Bob will get your contact information, and we'll send you out some information on the QCDs and the IRA distributions and different things like that. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Thank you very much for your help. Yep, absolutely. Have a wonderful Christmas. Appreciate the phone call. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You know, Kristen, that's just it, it too. When you When you look at the ability that the tax code gives us in certain parts, in certain ways, you know, if you can understand how to minimize the tax effect, that just adds a couple of percentage points to your net bottom line. And we have to understand that. Remember, the IRS views our money through four different tax lenses when it comes to money. We were talking about, uh, you know, before the break here this morning, understanding what money can do, understanding how money can work for you, understanding how money does and doesn't work, you know. And uh, the first two-thirds of the tax code explain how we're going to give some of it up, and the last third explains some of the friendly, maybe not even a third of it, but, but a piece of it anyway, explains some of the friendly parts on it, on how to, how to go about doing things uh, in, in an efficiency manner there. So, so lots of different things. And, and, and we're talking about, again, today, you know, turning money into income streams in your retirement plans. And there's several ways, you know, and one of them you mentioned, Chris, which is dividends. And there's different types of stocks, 
mutual funds ETFs out there that provide different levels of dividends depending on what you want to have. But let me just tell you this, though, from, from a, a planning standpoint, this is a very difficult subject for people to get their head wrapped around, and that is the deliverance of income. And the reason why I say this is, is this. Think about, think about you know, the scale. On one end of the scale, you have, you, you have growth just pure growth stocks, and on the other end of the scale, you have pure income-producing stocks. And in the middle, there's kind of a combination of both. So if you are of the mindset that you want income today, but you're comparing those income stocks toward growth stocks, you're not going to be happy because they won't grow principal as much. They're more, in the, uh, they're more in the line of deliverance of income. So you need to be thinking about taking a piece of your portfolio and having some of it on the growth side and then some of it on the income distribution side and understand how to grade the income distribution side against income uh, investment programs and the growth side against growth side investment programs. Because when your needs change, the market has products available. The market has strategies available to, to help you accomplish those types of needs when you need them. And then, of course, overlay on top of that the tax efficiencies that we were just talking to Carol about on the phone. You know, and another way that you can produce income is through something called a systematic withdrawal program. There are certain mutual funds out there that are designed for you to take a flat fixed dollar amount out. Let's say it's $2,000 a month. You're going to pull out of this mutual fund $2,000 a month, right? And then every quarter that mutual fund then reinvests its dividends and at the end of the year its capital gains right back in to that fund to replenish the shares you just sold off to, to harvest that $2,000 out. Wow, that's cool. It's really cool. Okay, and this way it keeps replenishing the shares or, or a good portion of the shares so that you, you're not actually spending down that type of a, perpetual, a, an investment. Perpetual mutual fund, you guess. Well, in, in some cases, yes, it can very well be. It's a time thing. Mm -hmm. so, so when you sit down and you go, well, how are we going to turn this growth into income, you know, and that's one of the ways you look at it. Now, does every mutual fund have the ability to do that? Yes, but do every mutual fund, are they designed to do that? The answer is no. How do you find those? Which ones are you, which? You screen. You, you look for them. You, you know, is, there a, is there type. some name that you would use for that? Or? Uh, they call them allocation funds. It okay. used to be called a balanced fund where it's a combination of stocks and bonds inside of it. Now they call them uh, allocation funds. And don't confuse those with target date funds. So you've got like an allocation fund, Chris, that might have, it can do 50% stocks, 50% bonds, or 70% stocks, 70% 30% uh, bonds, you know, s plays in that, that, that gap there, that, that range. Whereas target date funds, like you take a fund that says, oh, it's a 2040 fund, that's a combination of stocks and bonds. But as you approach the year of that target date, 2040, 2035, 2030, 2025, as you approach that, it will just mandate that it buys, it has less and less stock coverings and more and more bonds. So that's a different strategy than an allocation fund, which is designed for deliverance of income today with some growth in perpetuity there. So there's, it's a combination of both, and you have to understand 
how that all works. Okay, so from that standpoint, I'm not a big fan of these target date mm-hmm. funds out there mm-hmm. because you're like, well, I'm just giving up all my growth and I'm not really getting a lot of income out of them um, from that standpoint. So, so I- unless you bought one in the rearview mirror, like you went ahead and bought a 2020. You know, that's that's still sitting out there. But my point is this is, again, understanding how money works, understanding what it can do for you. Once you understand what your objectives are, your time frame, your risk tolerance, your tax scenario, your liquidity needs, all that type of stuff, then understand how money can work for you in the different tools that the wall that Wall Street provides for you through strategies and stuff like that of, of, of systematic withdrawal plans, you know. And there's there's seven or eight hundred mutual funds out there, Chris, that that swim in that one area right there of a systematic withdrawal plan. Mm-hmm. You know, another way to to take a look at it is through uh, certain types of annuities where you can do, you know, this this strategy hasn't been around for pretty much since two thousand and eight. And now it's coming back, and that's called split funding. For example, and and you need to have higher interest rates in order to do this, and we have them now. But another way is you would take money and you said, hey, you know what, I I need a certain amount of money each month. And you can drop part of that into an immediate pay annuity that's going to pay you out, let's say, over seven years. Mm. And take the other portion of it and put it into a deferral position where it grows back over those seven years, okay? And so you're just, com- you're just split funding it constantly, but this gives you a higher income in most cases. Um, now, I'm not a huge fan of that, but it is a strategy, okay? Uh, and, and, but it is coming back in play now simply because the economics in the, in the economy with interest rates where they are are working uh, in, in, in that environment. So, again, understanding how money works, the procrastination portion of it on the nine reasons people fail financially is really sitting down and vetting out, understanding what you want to do. And what your time frame is. Sit down with your advisor. Understand all this. Hey, give us a call this morning. I know everybody's out shopping for Santa. And, Chris, they're probably shopping for you. Yes, you I know? hope so. There Maybe you go. Christmas there you go. This year. Chris going to have a big Christmas party <laughs> at his house. Everybody everybody only, on the radio is invited. Only there you to bring all the listeners. Big you know? gift. Big gift. What's your address? 1122 <laughs> Main Street in USA? Is that where you're at? That's where, that's where uh, the party somewhere, is? Somewhere in Manassas, I think. Virginia. All right. All right. Hey, give us a call. 855 Rose 123. Ho, ho, ho. 855 Rose 123. Listen to Making Money Sense. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth 
is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Not in his head there, dancing along to the song here and making money since the Larry Rosenthal Show. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. What? Christmas traditions do you have in the Rosenthal family? What do you cook well, every year? We have, we have a handful of them, you know, um, as far as food or presents or Well, you read the Christmas story, I think. What? Yeah, you read the Christmas story. I think you did that one a couple of years when I was there. Yeah, we do all kinds of things. Yep. Yeah. We, we're uh, Of late, we've been getting into Christmas movies, certain movies we <laughs> have to knock out each year, It's right? a wonderful life, I hope. You use that. Go ahead that is get, definitely yes. one of them, Christmas story. And yeah. uh, the other night, we watched um, the Polar Express. <laughs> That's a great movie. I like that one. It's a lot of yep. fun. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, there's a debate in our household. You know, the kids say that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And my <laughs> wife says absolutely not. So so we end up sleep, sneaking that one in there, too. Well, uh, they have a Christmas uh, sort of a background in that movie, but I don't know if I'd call it a Christmas Yeah, I think he movie. mentions Christmas once or something, <laughs> something like that. Something like yeah. that. Come on out for Christmas. We'll have a good time. <laughs> yeah, sure. Anyway. Anyway. So, hey, fun, you fun, know, fun. What, let's, let's take a look at this, though, here. Mm-hmm. In Ecclesiastes 5.10, it says, Whoever loves money never has enough, uh, uh, never has money. uh, Let me start over. Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This, too, is meaningless. So how do we put that in perspective here? We're talking about understanding what money does, and that's exactly right. Money is amoral. It's a tool to use for what? In good stewardship, take care of yourself good stewardship principles, putting it back in the Lord's kingdom, right? Understanding how it works, understanding all of that. That brings me to another scenario here in this sort of nine list of things that that people fail financially. And that is kind of number 2B here. What is your your buy-sell decision process? How do you realize when you go, I should have never bought that stock, okay? Uh, when do you get out of that stock? Mm. What is the plan Good on question. that stock when you're sitting there going, yeah, all my friends are laughing at me about this because I should have never bought the thing, and I, I bought it, and now what, right? You need to have an exit strategy, right? There you go. What is the buy process? What is the sell process? Mm. One of the most overlooked things in the buy process that I find over the years that people neglect Okay, because they tend to look at what they're getting ready to buy through rose-colored eyeglasses, right, through rose-colored glasses. You know, I've done all my research, and this thing looks great. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, this is the next one, you know. And my neighbor blah, blah, told blah. me so. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right, Chris. And, and so, you know, it's funny because we sit in our investment policy team, 
and we're talking about this and that and the other, and we're chopping up the markets, the economy, grading our investments, and we're constantly looking at it all, all the time. And, and, and here I come, and I just throw a wet blanket on the meeting, and I go, okay, well, this all sounds good, but what has to happen in the economy for it not to be good? Because there's no perfect investment. There's no guarantee out there what economic conditions have to change to look like to make this investment that we're thinking about doing not work out well. And once that's a major part of the buy process, because all these stocks and funds and ETFs, they all have the numbers. They all got the numbers there. You study the numbers. You look at it. You look at all the different, you know, 100 different bullet points or whatever it is on, on analyzing something. But you have to then ask the question, what needs to go wrong in the economy for that, for that buy not to work out? What happens if interest rates change or oil prices spike or there's a geopolitical issue or, or tax rates change or – you know, the, the, the company gets acquired or they decide to acquire somebody and, and lose position on their balance sheet. What happens if inflation hits and their margins compress? All those kind of things. What has to go wrong for that investment not to work out the way you want it to work out? And that needs to be part of the buy process when you're looking at things. What is your buy-sell decision process? Remember, let's understand how it works. Let's use it as a tool, not as something we seek after. Manage the money, okay? It, life is not about the money. It's about the Lord. So that's how we have to really take a look at managing these dollars. What is the sell decision process? You know, if you bought a stock at $80 a share and five months later it's at $70 a share, a lot of people will go, oh, i got to get out of this dog. Wait, wait a second. Hold on. You loved it at 80 enough to buy it. Why wouldn't you buy more of it when it's at 70, right? Think about that. Unless something has gone wrong fundamentally with the company or management, okay? But what caused it to go from that 80 to 70? Because when you're buying it, it's more of a long-term position for stocks, right? Okay? So, so what happened during that time? Maybe it's an anomaly. Maybe there was a board turnover. Maybe something happened. Maybe somebody, you know, who knows? Maybe it was a, 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 a circumstantially distressed period of time, but all the fundamentals are still there, and now you can get a better buy versus saying, oh, it's not working well. I'm selling it. Understand what you own. Understand what your buy-sell decision process is. There's a process to buy, and there's a process to sell. And that's one of the problems that I see in the markets because we watch these business channels all the time, and they're all talking about this and that and get in and get out and blah, blah, blah. No, it doesn't work so well, does it? It really doesn't when you, when you track a, a lot of it, you know, from, 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 from point to point and stuff like that. So understand what's happening well, with it all. Hey, let's go ahead and welcome Robert on the line from Texas. Good morning, Robert. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? a million dollars that I have put back in CDs that I'm getting basically 5% on, and I have it divided up into like five or six of them so that I don't go above the uh, minimum 250000 SDID insurance. I'm not for sure where the interest rates going to be coming down next year. These rates are probably going to fall from uh, any advice on 
what I should do with that million dollars. If you want to keep it in bank products, then you then you want to get as long a CD lock-in as you can, okay, if you want to stay in bank products. For example, if you have a three-month CD at five, it comes due in three months, and all of a sudden now it renews at four and a half versus getting a one-year lock-in at five. Now you're sitting there for the next nine months, eight or nine months, at five when everybody else is at four and a half. That's going to give you more purchasing power, especially as inflation drops. So when interest rates peak, which it looks like they may have, Robert, that's when you want to lock in your longer CDs, CDs or treasury bills. I just did this past week, actually, it was on Thursday for a client. We compared some some rates, and we ended up going with a six-month treasury bill because it was higher than bank products at that particular point on, on Thursday. Okay, so take a look at T-bills as well as the CDs. You can keep laddering them the way you're doing now. There's also corporate bonds that you can ladder as well and getting uh, prevailing rates also. The difference here is, is that if interest rates drop, for example, if you were to get a 5% CD versus, let's say, a 5% corporate bond, if interest rates drop, your CD stays the same, your principal stays the same, and you harvest your interest on that. But in a corporate bond, if interest rates drop, not only are you going to get the coupon on it or the interest, but you're going to get principal appreciation because as interest rates go down, bond prices go up. So now's the important time to take a look at entering into corporate bonds, AAA rated corporate bonds, okay, very highly rated corporate bonds and looking at T-bills and CDs because we're, we're past the point where the Fed's continuing to raise, raise, raise. We're at the pause point, hinting most likely rates will start to come back down again. Those are the three, three areas that I would take a look at, and that's how I would approach it, okay? One other quick question. What is considered a good rating on a bond? So in the, in the bond world, if you, what is considered a good rate or rating? Rating... In the scale of rating, you've got AAA, AA, A, um, A minus, triple B, double B, things like that. So anything below triple B is considered non-investment grade or high yield or junk bonds. I'd stay away from those. If you're a bank product person, I'd stay away from those. But if you're looking at double A or triple A rated bonds, you're going to have very stable principal. Yeah, it will move up and down based off of the demand in the secondary market for that bond. But you're really getting the ability right now, like like we were just analyzing a mutual fund the other day, ver, ver, two, different, two different investments. One of them had a yield of about, uh, about 7% and the other one 5%. Okay, and the one at 7%, its pricing was at 99 cents on the dollar. The other one, at 5%, the pricing was at 88 cents on the dollar. So as interest rates move down, you can pick up that 12 cents on the dollar, principal appreciation right there. So it's an important time to understand what you own. Listen, Robert, I've got to close out the show here in just a moment. That, uh, right, so let me go you. ahead and put you on hold, and I'll pick you back up in, in about 35 seconds. Just one second. 
All right, well, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas out there. You know, a couple weeks left to, to shop. Back at you. Yep, exactly. Don't forget to go check out our website at LarryRosenthal.com or RosenthalWealthManagement.com. Sign up for our newsletters. Follow us on uh, Facebook. And then subscribe on our YouTube channel at LarryRosenthal.tv. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Set. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.